Good afternoon, planet Earth. Good afternoon to my fellow scrubulites out there walking through the downtown demo zone. Good afternoon to the taxi cab drivers that have a 12-gauge shotgun sitting right next to them. Good afternoon to the pizza delivery guy that drives an armored car. Good afternoon to the street people trying to find their can of protein. Good afternoon to the farmers staring at an empty field. It is Wednesday, May the 4th, 2022, in the age of Boblimtok. Yes, indeed, the coffee filter wearers are beginning to pass out from exhaustion and they're going to go to sleep after getting drunk. All those freaks that go down and stare at the empty windows and the empty shelves because their phone told them to. Yes, indeed. Can you believe it? It's like almost 2 p.m. on Wednesday in Utah. Mountain Standard Time. And it's a beautiful day out there. The sky is filled with gumbus. going to give you a bit of an update on rad engineering. Uh, we're still in business, um, but probably starting this next week, um, our overall velocity is going to go down. Uh, Justin recently took a full-time job, and I'm probably going to take a job in a similar gig. It's kind of one of those wilderness guides, you know, taking some crazy city dweller up in the mountains... What the hell do I know? They don't care. They just want to go up into the mountains and talk to the old lost ghosts. Find that Mormon gold that Brigham Young buried in the Uintas. Yeah, they'll fight the Sasquatch. They'll fight the Cougar. They'll fight the hairless dogs that scream in the night. They'll fight crocodile, they'll fight the swamp, they'll be filled with parasites by the time they go home from our tour.
Yeah, so basically, we're, we're both taking jobs as guides, and um, beyond that, I don't want to tell you. Uh, we're not going out of business. we barely begun. We are continuing our campaign of education. Um, it's going to be harder to get things done fast, and I got to be honest with you, I feel like I need to rewrite a lot of code in the application itself, and it's not great, but I probably need to do that over the next month. And so all this is okay. This is life, you know. We don't have a giant investor. We don't have any other money than our sweat capital. And so it's going about as expected in a world like that. And that's the world, you know, everyone's headed to anyway. So it's good to get used to it. Get used to the fact that there's no big leverage. I mean, yeah, you might be lucky and somebody with a pile of gold says, I want to invest in your company. What do you do? We make toilet paper cozies. Yeah, we make toilet paper cozies. That's what we do. No, what Justin and I are working on is trying to network computers using CB radio. And we have had a lot of very successful tests um, communicating digitally over hundreds of miles, and in some cases, thousands. And the idea is if you can build a network like this, have more than one station, in theory, you can cover the whole country with just a few stations and at least keep information flowing. And of course, you know, people will say, well, Dan, I've got the internet, I've got the power company, I got my crypto. Well, then you're set, cowboy. You're set. You should sit back and get yourself a Schlitz malt liquor and sit back with your woman and talk about your Bitcoin billions. And just ignore anything I have to say because I just don't care. I don't. There are a lot of folks out there who are going to be very disappointed. Not just by crypto, but by a lot of stuff. So anywho, no, we're not working on crypto. We're not working on a grift. But the, the reality is it's hard to do this. And it's hard to get the company going and... It's just the way it is. I, I wish I could tell you different. I can't wait until I can tell you some really super duper good news as far as capital goes and as far as business goes. But so far, it's been a mixed bag. I mean, the education and outreach has gone really well. Uh, I already said this in a previous podcast or two that the uh, the Sandy presentation we did went, went really well. And we're going to continue to do that. But I look at the situation right now and I shake my head and I wonder, am I a fool? Am I a fool to think I, a 60-year-old man, can go up into the woods and lead people on an adventure? What do I know about adventure except for Far Cry 2? Am I a fool to think I could fight a grizzly bear? With just a rock. Maybe it's dying of herpes. 
I also said in a previous podcast that I would not cover the news any longer, and I've had a hard time not covering the news. Today, the Fed hiked the Fed fund rate 50 basis points, or at least they said they're going to. And this is the biggest rate hike since the bursting of the dot-com bubble in May 2000. I don't think rates were this low in May 2000. I think this may seem like a big rate hike because, you know, okay, but no. uh, I don't know. There's an article on Zero Hedge about this. You can read it or not. I have a link to it. Um, 50 basis points is half a percent, okay? I think that takes the Fed funds rate to about 1%. Um, If the real rate of inflation is 7%, and I'm sorry, it probably is, that means that the effective Fed funds rate is minus 6%. Yeah, minus 6. That is technically a negative interest rate policy. We have been in negative interest rates for at least a decade. If you do inflation honestly, if you did the math honestly, if you do the bullshit math the Fed does, it'll look like, oh my God, they're raising 50 basis points. So incredible, so big. And yet, as inconsequential as this uh, rate raise is compared to what Volcker did 40 years ago, more or less, Uh, 42 years ago, I think, but more or less about 40 years ago. Um, As big as this may seem, this is nothing. Realistically, they should raise rates to almost 12%. The Fed fund rate should be about 12% right now. And if that happened, the entire shit show would fall apart because there are no loans right now being serviced by companies, especially if those loans are not fixed. There are no loans out there right now that can survive this type of an adjustment if people have to refinance. This means that corporations that have been using loans, using money to buy back their own stock to game the system, because, hey, the stock market's going up by like, I don't know, double digits or whatever for my Apple, and I can get this, you know, Fed money at near nothing, and it's, you know, it's a big payoff, even if inflation's high. But um, this is nothing. And yet the system is, is already creaking. This is nothing. This is mostly still talk. Fed talking, Powell talking, a lot of talk, 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 talk. But the real Fed funds rate right now is pretty much probably closer to minus 6% than anything they would tell you. And as far as the prime rate is, currently I think the prime rate, that's for prime customers with really good fucking credit scores, corporations and individuals, whatever the fuck that means. I think it's 3.5%. And still, with a real rate of inflation of 7%, that basically means the prime rate's minus 3.5%. None of this makes any sense. None of it. this is rational. And if we had a truly free market, I don't believe any of this stupid shit would have ever happened. But we don't, okay? We haven't had a, a quote-unquote free market for a long time, probably since at least the 90s, but in all likelihood, probably my whole lifetime. 
It's just that it wasn't as bad 50 years ago. It wasn't as bad back then. But it was still probably pretty fucking bad in terms of manipulation, in terms of the way the Fed interacted with the economy. And all the crap they say, oh, well, we don't buy stocks. It's like the CIA saying, we don't assassinate people. No, you hire people to assassinate people. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. But you certainly do hire contractors. And the Fed has done the same thing since at least the 87 crash. Sure, they've got their plausible deniability when it comes to the whole paper trail and the money laundering. But the reality is the Fed has been buying the market since the late 1980s. At first, it was a last resort thing. And then when long-term capital management hit, the Asian flu, 1997 Bo Blimp talk, they, they did a lot more. They bought the market, and then they bailed out a few fucking companies. And that was Greenspan, the genius, the great statesman Greenspan. Yeah. Fucking Greenspan. Hamburger is steak. No, it's not, Alan. On so many levels, hamburger is not steak. And the fact that you convince people to do hedonic adjustments just shows what kind of a giant scumbag you are. You rewrote unemployment, you rewrote inflation to buy this crooked mess from a psychological perspective another couple decades. Whoa, good job, buddy. But the net effect is not going to be gentle. It's not going to be soft or easy. It'll be a lot like that Adam Sam Sandler song at a medium pace. But at some point, your girlfriend is going to shove the shampoo bottle up your butt and you will have to pull your dick between your legs per the song. So this might seem like this is all going to be fine. Oh, well, they'll just raise a couple times and they'll rebalance credit and everything will be okay. Yeah. Or not, right? <sighs> Next topic. So I was thinking about, you know, some of my 2019 podcasts about Kyle Street Slurry. You could come down to Little Saigon in Seattle and get Kyle's urban-style street slurry. Get bacon-flavored street slurry. You know, fish-flavored street slurry. Fresh from the farmer's market. All good. You get the beef-flavored slurry. You get the chicken soup. You get the black goop. You shove it down your pie hole. But I think pretty soon there's going to be a place called the Protein Plaza. And it's going to be... All these malls that are shutting down, they'll all be turned into protein plazas. And you'll go to the protein plaza to get your brown protein, your purple, your red, your green, your pink, your yellow, your, your chartreuse protein. Supposed to have antioxidants, that's what the box says. Supposed to be a 
a super nutrient, a nutraceutical. The protein plaza will be open seven days a week. It'll be, if it could, if it would, it would be open twice as long on Christmas Day. The protein plaza will have aisles and aisles of protein and boxes and tubes and jugs. You'll get a jug of protein. It'll have all kinds of stuff in there to keep you going, baby. If you hunt down an old person, if you hunt down a dog or cat, you'll get a discount on your protein cube. And everybody could use a lot extra money. At the Protein Plaza, there'll be weekly specials. Weekly specials for people who want to save a few, you know, Bitcoin. Because that's what they'll be using, right? You'll take your seven Satoshis and you'll get a protein cube that's made in Cincinnati. It has a warning label. It says ignore the, the fingernails with finger polish on, fingernail polish on them. Ignore the tattoos if you see them. We love to tattoo our cattle in Cincinnati. Every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday at the Protein Plaza. You bring in an old person. You bring in somebody who's sick and dying. You make a deposit. And then you can pick from a whole bunch of specially flavored meats for your taco. Mint chocolate. Peanut butter banana. Curry pepperoni. It'll all taste like pepper. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't think I'm looking forward to the Protein Plaza. But all these empty Walmarts, all these empty malls, all these old buildings covered with cracks and decay because they were like built so long ago, like 20 years ago. And, and they'll get through the cats and the dogs and the crow and the pigeon. They'll get through the squirrel and the rat. They'll finish off all the deer pretty early on Mr. and Mrs. Urban Cowboy. And then you'll late at night get those hungers that the rice can't quite fill. Or that top ramen packet that was kind of like old. And so your boyfriend or wife or husband says, let's go down to Sharpay's Protein Plaza in the, in the Lindo district. Not far from where those water protesters were shot last week. Isn't it great how they cleaned up that road real fast? Now they're having a special deal. 
special deal on protein. Next topic, next topic. Oh yeah, by the way, if you're a listener, um, while I'm in the field, I won't be doing any podcasts. I can't do podcasts while I'm being chased by bear. I can't do podcasts while I'm sleeping in midair. I can't do podcasts on the side of a mountain or buried underground. In the wilderness, you won't hear my sound, but you might one day hear my scream. Deep in the mountains like Jebediah Jed. Up there someplace, he's out there still, hunting down the basket weasel, looking for some elk, some Sasquatch. So I once said that Paul Krugman has the sophistication that fits the following. That basically, according to Paul Krugman, you could take a printing press and set it up in a jungle someplace, park it in the middle of nowhere, just set up that fucking printing press to print those hundies, and then all of a sudden buildings and dams and generators and electricity and computers and airplanes and, of course, you know, Paul's porno store, they just magically spring into existence because somebody printed some money. That is more or less modern monetary theory. That is Keynesian economics, and it's more or less communism in a nutshell. Just get yourself a printing press, start printing money, and magically you'll become rich. But that's not really how things work. Human civilization had been a going concern for probably thousands of years before banking, as we understand it, came into existence. And then even with that, um, human civilization had been a thing for thousands of years before printed money. In fact, I think the Chinese were some of the first to introduce printed money. And I think the Mongol Empire had some version of a printed printed money that it, it handed out, like script. Here's your script. My name's Genghis Khan, and I guarantee this. Yeah. In Genghis we trust. Um, the reality is people have been doing things without banks and without printed money for a long time. They've used a lot of gold and silver, and that's because gold and silver have innate value, and they are useful, and they are you know, portable, and they have stability over time. Uh, unlike all this printed money, they actually keep their value. The dollar has lost more than 95% of its value since the Federal Reserve has come into existence. That means that out of every buck, 95 cents were essentially stolen. Now, the argument they'd make is, well, but the economy got bigger and more people and blah, blah, blah. But it's a lot of garbage. It's a lot of macroeconomic commie garbage. The reality is the dollar became weaker over time. It did not become stronger. The main reason why the the reserve currency is still based in dollars around the world is in part because of fear, a lot of fear. And and, and a lot of this fear is based on reality. You know, good old Muammar Gaddafi, and and I say good old, I'm not going to tell you he was a good guy, but if I were to compare him to any of the presidents we've had in this country in the last 50 years, Fuck you, Momar was no worse. 
But good old Momar wanted to take Libya, Libyan's oil, and sell it uh, for gold. He wanted to do that back in the late 2000s. Um, he was proposing a gold dinar. He was proposing that to many of the oil-producing countries in the region, that they get that they ditch the dollar, that they ditch the petrodollar. And what happens to good old Momar under Obama? What happens to his butthole? What happens to that whole freaking country? Raped, ravaged, and destroyed. So there's a reason why people don't want to ditch the petrodollar. And if you look at the situation in the Ukraine today, you can look at it from a different lenses, different perspectives, but you can certainly look at it from the perspective of the petrodollar. You can't. You know, Russia, as many neocons will point out, has a lower population than the United States. And what's really funny is these, a lot of these same um, Harvard types will tell us, well, we, we need to be less intensive. We need to be carbon neutral. But Russia is closer to carbon neutrality, at least in terms of population, than we'll ever be, ever. And I'm not even saying that's a thing we should care about. But but anyways, whatever side of the mouth the current elite are talking out of, um, Russia has a relatively low population, but they have a lot of resources. And, and, you know, not all of them are energy. It's not all natural gas and oil. They have a lot of titanium, a lot of potash, a lot of rare earths. A lot of the stuff you need if you want to do the so-called green economy and build back better the way that we've been told in recent years. You need the materials in Russia. And I, I listen, I don't care about Putin. I'm not even sure he's an, an independent actor. I really don't know. I, I, I find it hard to believe at this point in many ways that he is because he has made some very bad decisions. You know, this, this thing with respect to the Ukraine didn't have to happen. He could have played the game differently. He could have. He could have played the waiting game. The house of cards that is the petrodollar was falling apart. He could have simply played the waiting game, waited six months, maybe a year, and there would have been no issue with NATO expansion because NATO would have vaporized, along with the petrodollar, along with the EU. A lot of things are going away. Best case scenario, if we're lucky, a lot of things are disappearing. And the petrodollar is going to disappear. The war in the Ukraine, if anything, has bought the dollar a little bit more time. It's, it's why I have to wonder if Putin really is an independent agent. I have no idea. No idea. Many years ago, I was talking with a woman at a Republican thing when I was kind of a Republican, mostly a libertarian. And she pointed out that a lot of these dynamics of conflict are just not real. And again, at the time, I wasn't quite as conspiratorial as this woman. And she said, listen, Dan, you know, where we see conflict, there really isn't conflict. There's a concert. There's coordination. There are people working together. And ever since the monkey herpes, ever since the Rona, ever since people started wearing coffee filters on their fucking faces, I've come to see that this is very true. That, and, and, you know, you can call it Operation Lockstep, but what are they trying to lock you into? The reset? Maybe. I don't think so. I don't think it's FEMA camps or the reset. I don't think they have the resources to make any of that nonsense work. I don't think they have the resources for a conventional World War III. 
which means all you got left, if they don't have the resources for that, is nuclear war. And I'm not even sure they can do that, really. So the Ukraine thing could just be about the petrodollar, and it could be an attempt on the part of the United States government to keep it going. Um, but this idea that the United States could launch some invasion of the Ukraine or Russia or pull together some coalition of the willing, that's, that's, that's crazy. We've, we've earned our chops the last few decades beating up mostly on brown people and cave people. And this is not to be offensive to cave people or people whose skin is not white. But the point is, we've mostly been waging war on poor countries. Countries that don't have resources, never had the resources. They buy their shitty equipment from Russia. They get old Soviet equipment from Russia. Those are the countries that we have been cutting our teeth on. And in some ways, we've burnt out our military fighting these battles, these wars against a lot of primitive people who in many cases kicked our asses. With all the technology and all the money, they still kind of beat us in many cases. And if you look at, look at Afghanistan, the only answer you can come up with is it was a giant failure. Giant failure. Without question. And that's being nice. Worst case scenario, it was a CIA heroin scheme and nothing good lasts forever, right? CIA... But best case, it was just a failure. And people could have said very early on, I was one of those people who would tell people back then, listen, you know, there have been many empires and many nations that have gone to Afghanistan. So whatever we want to say about it, it has burnt us out. These wars have burnt us out. We do not have that morale that people talk of that we would need. We don't have it. So we're not going to be invading the Ukraine. We won't be waging a conventional war against anybody. I don't think the Chinese government is in any better position than us, and neither is the Russian government. But I do think they want us to believe it could happen. And so maybe they turned up the realism. Maybe the Ukraine situation is pretty close to being real. Maybe. Maybe Putin was told you need to do it. It, it, from a strategic perspective, it looks like a blunder. If this is about Russia trying to protect itself, this was a battle, a war they could have chosen to avoid, and if they'd simply waited, they would have won. So it looks like a blunder strategically. It doesn't look like eight-dimensional chess. But if it wasn't a blunder, if it was a purposeful thing done at the bidding of people who want to keep the show going, it makes a lot more sense. A lot like the Rona. The Rona doesn't make sense as some Chinese super weapon, but it makes a lot of sense to cover up collapse. It covers up civil war in places like China. It does that pretty fucking well. It doesn't really help you with the reset because all you're going to have left here in a couple years are a bunch of fucking basket cases. People that won't be able to work, won't be able to do anything, and will be really perpetually in a schizophrenic state, if only manufactured. You're not building shit on that. You're not building a future on that. There is no future in that asylum for anyone, rich, poor, anybody. Anywho, I went down that road too far, but you know, a lot of the crypto folks will tell me, Dan, crypto's different. 
damn, get into crypto, you'll protect yourself. But recall Paul Krugman on that jungle island with his frickin' printing press, where he tells, you know, his good man Friday to just start printing that money using the whatever, the coconut leaves. I was telling crypto people, uh, you know, five, six, seven, almost 10 years ago, that there were better uses for that computing power, better uses of their money than crypto. I said, don't you understand that high tech with respect to computing is owned by the deep state? So why don't we start 3D printing CPUs and memory? And I would get this look and say, well, Dan, first we have to do with crypto. If we do the crypto first, then we can get control of the CPUs. And I was thinking today, God, that reminds me of the kind of Krugman perspective. All you need is a central bank. The debt is something you owe yourself. I was talking to crypto people about the issue of communication, that the internet is basically owned, that there is no security, and if you want your crypto to work, you have to control the network and not just a bunch of computers that are doing the mining, but the physical internet. And it was like, well, Dan, well, first we'll do the crypto, and then the networks will just magically happen. Oh, God, Krugman again. Again and again, I've mentioned to people I know that are into crypto that there were, are better things they could do with their resources, way better, and, and a lot less grifty and greasy. And the answer I invariably get to every one of those statements is, first, we have to do the crypto. How the fuck is that different than Krugman? How the fuck is that different than modern monetary theory? Well, we gotta have a central bank if we wanna have an economy. Without a central bank, there'd be no economy. Oh. How is that different? You see, that's my question. I don't care if you think your Bitcoin is perfect. How is it different? A person with, with Bitcoin saying, first we gotta have Bitcoin and then we'll have our freedom. We'll have our control of technology, but only after we've created Bitcoin and crypto. How is that fucking different than the central banks? The answer is, it's not. It's the same reverso sideways logic. The fact that more crypto people don't get called on this, well, boggles my mind. But once again, I would say, we should be 3D printing CPUs. We should be producing our own independent internet. The mesh network, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, I must have the COVID because I sneezed. The mesh network is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about mesh. And I'm not saying that what Justin and I are working on is the answer. One of the points we make is, is that there shouldn't be a answer in a free society. In a free society, you're probably going to have a number of really good answers, and then you make the fucking choice of what you want to buy. That's the way it's supposed to work. You don't get an internet shoved down your throat. You have a choice. And if you're going to go off about, well, Dan, there's economies of scale, and that can't be allowed. You can't have people on radios. What if they do something dangerous? Like what my nephew, excuse me, my cousin was telling me back in 2010 
about the kids in Iraq with the cell phones? Is that what you're fucking talking about? Now, really, I'm serious. Are you talking about the people that use mobile devices to track others, to scam others? Oh, you're saying someone might use the device to do something bad. Listen, that's already happening. On the whole Death Star, every fucking day of the week, someone is using technology to fuck their neighbor. Not the way it should be, not the way it has to be, but on the Death Star, that's what makes things go. I have been beating up on crypto recently because I'm trying to convince people to get the fuck out. If you're, if you're selling it, you need to stop. And if you're buying it, you need to stop. And if you, if you tell me, well, I had this one dude I interacted with before they finally super banned me from Twitter. And yes, even with Elon Musk coming back, the likelihood that I won't be super banned still is zero. I will be shadow banned and super banned. You can live in whatever you know little fantasy world you want. But but when I was still on Twitter, this dude told me, I know Dan, I know, I know that I know Bitcoin is crooked. I know crypto's crooked, but I'm making money trading it. I know you are, buddy. I know that a lot of people make money doing really crooked things. And if you want to keep doing that, I suppose that's a choice too, right? But accept the consequences. If you're lucky enough to live in the middle of nowhere, like, I don't know, Canada or something, fine. The people that you hurt by doing this stupid shit probably will never fucking find you. But if you're actually in a city and, and you know, one week into the blackout, maybe 10 days, and there's been a few weeks without food, and you go up to some schmuck and say, will you take my fucking crypto? My phone's still got a charge. You can just scan the QR code. I hope you don't run into the wrong person. You could run into a person that hasn't eaten in a week, that, that is totally distraught, that might have lost their family due to some of the first chaos, and on top of it, had invested their entire retirement in, yeah, ding, 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 Bitcoin. And that person will probably look at you and maybe they'll walk away. But if you're unlucky, they will pick up a brick and bash your brains out. Get out of crypto. It is a grift. It was never designed to do anything but soak up excess fiat and to keep people busy doing stupid, wasteful shit. And it worked. But it's over. You know, if you if you want to understand anything from the quote unquote Fed meeting today, here's the reality. They are so close to the margins on everything that all they can do is do a little fart here, a little fart there, a little bit of talking here, but that's it. Okay, there won't be a Volcker moment. If Paul Volcker were alive and he tried to do 11 or 12% at this point, someone would assassinate him. They wouldn't allow it, assuming he or anyone like him ever had any real choice in any of this. 
he wouldn't be allowed to do 12%. But that is what you would need to do at this point if you really wanted to get this under control before it becomes a problem. That will never happen. Ever. And as far as the game goes, listen, it's not about the Fed funds rate. And it's not about Ukraine. And it is about food, but it's, it's also about diesel fuel. Diesel fuel is used in shipping. It's used in trucking and construction. It's used in farming. It's used in power generation. It's used by the military. Militaries of the world use a shitload of diesel. It, it, diesel is, is an interesting subject. And, and I, I don't think they're going to tell us the truth about diesel, but it's something to keep your eye on, the price of diesel. It is potentially one of those places where while these orchestrators are squeezing the balloon, they cause it to pop. And then it's over. Okay? One way or another, this cricket game is almost over. It is so hard to believe if you live in a city and, the, and you still have a mall and it's a fashion mall, and you can go there and you can get yourself a new top, you know, from Vietnam or something, maybe Pakistan, maybe Bangladesh. But that world is almost over, gone. You're better off just saying goodbye to it right now. And if you're out there buying, selling, trading crypto to make a living, you need to stop, period. You're not going to listen to me, but I'm telling you what you need to do. You need to stop. You need to stop buying it, stop selling it, stop schlocking it, stop saying you have to have crypto if you want to be free. Listen, I don't care about crypto. I know that I am free. I am free to do whatever the fuck I want to. The government is free to kill me or put me in jail or try to inject me. But I will take an ear or a testicle, a finger, or a kidney in the process. So they should probably just kill me, right? But I'm free. And if you don't know that you're free, you need to like look in the mirror and ask yourself, who exactly is controlling you? Other than, other than controlling you with fear. Other than telling you, if you don't behave, you'll go to jail, you'll get an audit. Oh, who knows how much worse it could get if we don't vote this time. It could be worse than Biden. No. You need to get over all that and you need to get the fuck out of crypto. Period. Done and done. Whatever bullshit you thought you guys would succeed at doing, you didn't succeed. And those of you that are left behind will be bag holders. And I, I have no doubt that some of the bigger whales at this point are basically proxies for the Fed. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the bigger whales are not just outsourced contractors like the Fed and the Treasury's been doing since 1987 to fuck with markets. So it's, there's a very good chance that the big whales are either Feds or they got a Fed with a, with a gun point at their head. And so they're not going to sell. They'll just soak it up. But if you got a hundred grand in crypto and it's still worth a hundred grand, I don't know how to tell you this. 
100 grand is worth more than zero. If you can't figure that out, you won't anytime soon. And if you think there's upside to this broke-ass, broke, neo-Stalinist hellhole, what are you smoking? Because I want some. talk about it because I said I wouldn't talk about the news and crypto is something that shows up in the news. I don't think people are going to change at this point. It's one of those signs that we're so close that people are becoming so sclerotic and so, you know, binary and so close-minded. You know, it's it's why the voting thing is an obsession for a lot of these folks at the end because it is the perfect binary equation for their broken-ass logic. They can say to themselves, well, I can just vote this year. The Republicans will take back Congress, and they'll have a new contract with America. You know, I was 25 years old. I, I remember the, the first time Newt Gingrich, you know, basically grifted and conned a lot of people, um, bamboozled a lot of people with the contract with America bullshit. And none of that shit ever really worked. The only thing that you could kind of get convinced of is, well, at least they had divided government. So Clinton couldn't do all the things he wanted to do. And they would talk about the deficit a lot. Well, he, he balanced the budgets, kind of. Well, he kind of did, but he didn't pay down the debt. He simply managed the deficit for a few years because he couldn't get everything he wanted, right? But what if that's just a lot of fiction? What if what was going to happen did happen? And it wouldn't have mattered if it was Republican or Democrat. Same shit. Different day. In December 2014, Obama and the House and Senate Republicans, I believe the House Republicans definitely, joined forces to put every American taxpayer on the hook for all the bad debt in the shale patch. That's, you know, unconventional oil. That's fracking. That's all the junk debt. If it goes bad, Mr. and Mrs. America pay for it, not the banks. That was President Obama, the communist, right? And the conservatives working together. Does that make any sense, really? It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but they did that in 2014. That was just eight years ago, okay? They knew exactly what was going to happen with all this bullshit. Anywho, just get out of crypto. Next topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Great art has the feeling of signal with the patina of noise. And just so you know, patina, a pa patina or patina, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but a patina is a concept in art that has to do with like the wearing, the weathering, um, the way that metals get corroded. The patina is often referred to as the things that happen 
on the margins of certain arts to add to it, but are sometimes related to the, what, just what nature does. Great art has the feeling of signal, but the patina of noise. And what I would say is that great art does tell you something, but it, it is often immersed in a kind of, not necessarily encrypted, but encoded kind of, you know, generalized chaos. And, and it's often difficult to just sort of say, this is what this means, but great art, you have both. Anyways, I don't know if that's a good Dr. Freckles quote. Next, next topic, Irish people, we tell riddles, excuse me, Irish people don't lie, Irish people, we tell riddles, Irish people don't lie, Irish people, we tell riddles, not our fault if you're stupid, Irish people don't lie, we tell riddles, not our fault if you're stupid. Yeah, I don't know. We do tell riddles, right? We tell stories. Who were you with last night? I was with a friend. And since you're my wife and couldn't possibly be my friend, it's nice to be with a friend. What did you do last weekend? Oh, we took care of some old... We took, we took out the trash. That's what we did last weekend. We took out the trash. Like I said, I will be, um, if this job works out, uh, every other week, pretty much every other week, um, eight days on, six days off, I'll be in the field. Somewhere up in the mountains, probably by a stream. Probably with birds around whistling their birdie songs, taunting me with their natural joy, right? Probably a squirrel named Friedrich will become my friend. We'll probably build a little shelter someplace in the hills. We will sit there at sunset and drink from our buttercup. I will have a squirrel for a friend. I will run from coyotes. I will chase down the eagle that is covered in tumors. Yeah, I won't be doing doing podcasts when I'm guiding people on these adventures, these fishing adventures, these hunting adventures. A, a group of people want to go find some old lost gold. I joke about it, but there's a lot of lost Mormon gold 
in the Uinta Mountains, lost in caves, guarded by ancient Native American ghosts and demons. And so they want to go and, you know, see some demons and get some of their gold. And I tried to explain to them, listen, pal, you know, if you think stealing smog's gold is hard, you try stealing the gold from an old Native American demon ghost. You'll be lucky if you gather alive. In fact, you'll probably end up with some type of a ghost problem. You know, dryness and itchiness and other types of issues. Maybe even an STD. And yes, you know, supernatural STDs. They're no joke. That's not funny. It's worse than space aids. If you have recently donated, this does not apply to you. Um, I have some very generous donors out there, and it's great that you've been so helpful, but the rea- I, I don't know. Where I'm at right now with this podcast and with a lot of things is, and you could probably tell by the nature of the recent ones, I just don't know. I, I, I don't believe that what we're facing is the end of the world, but what I do think is true is that life is about to get crazier than a lot of people could remotely understand because you grew up in the United States of America, um, probably in at least the 21st, if not the latter half of the 20th century. And mostly what you saw was a lot of prosperity and a lot of stuff and a lot of packed grocery stores. And even if you have OCD like me, even if you're a little autistic, even if you, you, like me, like myself, noticed those sushi islands showing up in the produce section about 10 years ago, and how there used to be seven kinds of apples, but now there's two, yeah, you might have cut through some onions recently and found the insides were like black, and, and that the, the potatoes look rotten. And you cut around them, because you cut around your denial, and you think it's all okay, but, um, yeah. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's going to it's going to get crazy. And that's best case scenario. That's just the collapse of the US dollar. It's going to be insane. If you live overseas where they use dollars right now, where they use dollars in lieu of their own currency, a lot of Latin America, and and the day that 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 money in their po- pocket vaporizes, uh you don't want to be an American in those countries the day that that happens. You don't. A lot of people are going to hate us. I'm sorry for telling you that. I know that you're you're told that everybody loves America. I'll tell you what the reality is. People love, you know, free stuff. And America stole stuff from some people and handed out free stuff to others 
for the last 60, 70 years, since World War II at least, but probably before then too, we stole from, you know, Bobby to give a little bit more to Benny. And, and we've been doing that. But that's over. The whole grift is over. All they have left is to scare you to, to, scare you to death, okay? Um, but if, you, if you've recently donated, ignore this, take care of your food, your water, your shelter. If you have taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, if you have enough food for at least, I would say, optimistically six months, but man, that's a lot of fucking optimism. But if you have six months worth of food, if you have your water taken care of, if you've paid your bills as they are and you've taken care of your friends, your family, your loved ones, and your, you know, freaking French bulldog, and you still have money left over, A, and B, you want to donate, you can. There'll be a link in the notes. You can donate to this podcast, donate whatever the fuck you want to. If you have a million bucks and you want to donate a hundred grand, why don't you do that? You go ahead and do that. You'll get more value out of that than going into crypto. As, as crazy as that sounds, that hundred grand would actually take you further than buying into crypto. But whatever. If you got five bucks, 10 bucks, $25 million, if you have a truck filled with cocaine and hookers, send it my way. I live in Grinkin, Utah, not far from the old burial ground. Not far from the place where they process the taco meat now. Not far from Boblintok. 